0: Well, I don't know how did it happen. We spent two long years listening to a strange, strange podcast. <laughs> Welcome to Lonely Town, a killers podcast. We're not quite to two years yet, but here we are again with another episode. Uh, today we're going to talk about a couple different sawdust songs that we have a few things to talk about on each one, but we're uh, we just want to touch base a little bit on each one. Uh, they're not we're not we don't want to throw out a one minute episode as as much as some people would like that. We're, uh, we're going to combine it and make it a little bit longer. But first, Derek has a big announcement.
1: Major announcement. And thank you to everyone that's listened. Thank you to everyone that's, that's participated. I know a long, long time ago, I promised a, a CD autographed by none other than Nephi's own Brandon Flowers. Uh, Pressure Machine uh, signed um, album CD. And today, after two long years, as Jimmy has said, How long has our podcast been going? We've been going pretty close to that. We started August and it's
0: coming up on on June of two years
1: later. So about two years longer than we thought the show might go. (laughs) Uh, I have a major announcement. We have a winner of that CD. And uh, thank you for everybody that gave us a review or a like or followed us anywhere on social media. Shared our stuff. Please continue to do so. I'll try to come up with something uh, fun and creative or good to give away again. And when I announce that, it will probably be a year to a year and a half before we actually do it. But uh, thank you for everybody that's participated. And our big winner, Jimmy, is Samantha Kippen. Awesome. So, Samantha, if you're listening or if you know Samantha, tell her she won. Have her get a hold of me or Jimmy with information on where to send this album to, and we'll do it. So, ta-da! Congratulations. Congratulations. You have a pressure machine signed... Compact disc by signed by Brandon Flowers. If you want me and Jimmy you could sign it as well, but that would dur- drastically uh, reduce the value of the of the thing.
0: All right. Well, one of the uh, the first song we're going to talk about today is "All the Pretty Faces." I know when you hear that hear those words, the first thing you think of is Derek and I. But this song is another one about, I guess, kind of a breakup song. I don't feel like loving you no more.
1: <laughs> but, yeah, it, it feels like the guy's been in a rough rough uh, spot.
0: The real intriguing lyric from this one for me is where he says, "Oh, how did it happen? I spent two long years in a strange, strange land." And from my perspective, there's a clearer tie there to uh, a mission because I personally spent two long years in it. Well, it wasn't; it was really fast. It actually went by really fast. But uh, spending two years in a strange land is something that a lot of uh, m- missionaries do for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. A Mormon mission is kind of a rite of passage.
1: You've probably seen them around. I don't need to,
0: don't need to talk too much about it, but a lot of people are familiar with the concept of a religion, religious mission trip. I'm a big fan of BYU football. When they talk about BYU football on national TV, they talk a lot about mission trips.
1: This boy went on his mission trip to South Alabama.
0: <laughs> a lot of people talk about it that way. In Nephi culture, it would not be referred to as a mission trip but just a mission. It's a it's a two-year long mission for for the boys. So um and it often happens in a faraway place. So
1: or a strange strange land.
0: So Brandon didn't go on a mission um around 18 or 19 is when it usually happens and you know the song came out not too long after that time period, you know within 10 years of of when that time period would have been for for him. So
1: uh, that's the same thing I thought when I heard this lyric is Um, I don't know, there's a term, it was kind of a military term, but I think it's been incorporated with missionaries as well as uh, they'd have a girlfriend when they'd leave. And at some point, the girl would get tired of waiting for him, find some other guy uh, and write him what was known as a Dear John letter, where they'd break up with you. you. I kind of got the feeling of that in this song a little bit of uh, this guy went to the strange, strange land. He doesn't know what's going on and he doesn't love her no more. So he's going to go on with life. Uh, Kind of of has some angry undertones there of just heartbreak and and that kind of a thing. I think everyone relates to that. But uh, as far as uh, our connection and stuff, it does seem to play in with the religion as well as just uh, culturally, you know. Everyone's been uh, through something like that before. And you go from uh, all the stages of, oh, I want her back and I can't believe why she's leaving me to I don't feel like loving her anymore. Or maybe you're just mad and having a bad day. I don't know. But Uh, The two two, uh, long years in the strange, strange land is what popped out to me as well. And whether that's related to a mission or not, I think everyone uh, familiar with the culture of uh, the church and what we grew up in, what Brandon grew up in, would have to find that same similarity.
0: Yeah, there's another song. There's a a Coldplay song that always pops into my head when I think about this one, because uh, there's a song where Coldplay sings missionaries in a foreign field. (laughs) <laughs> which always threw me off because, you know, it's another, it's another term of, of missions is going out to the mission field. And so I thought, I wonder why Chris Martin is singing about missionaries in a foreign field, if that's a more common term outside of just uh, Mormon missionaries. So.
1: Yeah, it might be. I mean, uh, I don't think it's uncommon. Uh, the missionaries kind of stick out. They're in their white shirts and ties and young guys with name tags. If, if you ever happen upon them, be nice. Uh, they're usually good kids just going out and trying to figure out life. I know sometimes people are kind of rude or, or make fun of them, and I get it, but it's it ain't easy. Yeah, you never
0: know. Be be nice to them. They uh, could have just gotten a Dear John letter.
1: They might have. Yeah, and if you go through the lyrics— And uh, be
0: having to go through a hard time as it is, so.
1: I mean, yeah, I don't feel like touching you. Uh, but I don't want you ain't going anywhere without me. Or, you know, it is very, very much a breakup. How did it happen? I mean, it, it's just like— this the confused poor young man trying to figure out what went wrong. He still loves her, but he doesn't love her.
0: Yeah, he's going back and forth. Well, I also get some of the the murder trilogy feel from this song with the the uh, the kind of um, stalkerish <laughs> feel to it. Or he says, "All the different places ringing out like a shotgun in my head." It's like, yeah, they start bringing up that kind of stuff where he's saying, "I don't feel like touching you," but. Um, I'll do anything to be your man. It's a little bit extreme, and uh, a lot of red flags in a relationship are popping up in this song.
1: Yeah, a lot of emotions, especially... Help me
0: out, I need it. It's a cry for help.
1: Especially if it is somebody based in their early 20s, their first probably major relationship breakup. You thought you were going to marry this girl. You went on your strange land mission because she probably wanted you to. or said she wouldn't marry you if you didn't. And then you get you know this letter. or In, in our story, I don't know if that's the lyrics based on Brandon's mindset but you get this letter in the middle of your service and the only reason you were there basically was because of her and now your whole world's flipped upside down what are you gonna do you're gonna get mad about it
0: so today we also wanted to talk about under the gun so I don't have anything to say about the lyrics I really like the song it's it's one of the few songs from sawdust that I listened to a lot um back in in that time period I I never really got that much into sawdust because like Derek said it was kind of a B sides album, and I, I kind of put it on the on the back shelf for me, uh, in the back of my mind. And you know, by that point, Brandon had I hadn't seen a lot of Nephi Love out of Brandon, and it kind of kind of put me off. But um, Under the Gun I became familiar with because it was a free download for a while on their MySpace page, and um, I wanted to throw that out there just to you know show how much has changed in the just in the in the time that the Killers had been popular. You know, MySpace is not really a thing anymore, but at the time it was it was an important way to get for a lot of people to get music out. And uh you know, people had it's like Facebook, but when you went to somebody's Facebook page, if it started playing a set a playlist of music while you were looking at their stuff to kind of get a sense of the kind of music that they liked. And so anyway, it was just an important era and well, I don't know how important it was, but it was a particular era. <laughs> That uh, for me it takes me back to that era when I hear when I hear Under the Gun.
1: Yeah, I think it was. I think it was important. I think a lot of uh, bands and stuff uh, could get their music out in uh, MySpace. I think it was kind of that transition from uh, physical albums to the digital. I know MP3s and all that were in existence, and people were downloading and burning and all that. But it was kind of that that in between space from. I'm going to go to the store and I'm going to buy the new Sawdust album. To, I'm going to go download the new Sawdust album or whatever. And, uh, yeah, Facebook has obviously won the battle. But uh, MySpace was like, for points and purposes, one of the first social media things out there where people would connect with their friends and kind of the, the first idea of that that actually kind of took off as far as I'm aware of. I'm not tech genius by any stretch. But uh, one of the things I like in this song, or find interesting, I guess I shouldn't say I like, but there's some different lyrics in there, but I thought... The stupid, stupid on the streets of London, James Dean in the rain. (laughs) I don't know. Stupid in the streets of London, I guess, could be all sorts of things. But I think it's kind of, uh, again, Brandon and the the band reaching out to uh, London, which gave them their first, you know, acceptance and kind of their home away from Vegas. Uh, Just kind of at least a shout out in the lyrics of, of somebody being stupid in the streets of London. And then they throw in James Dean because they're still American, and nothing's more American than James Dean rolling up on his motorcycle, uh, you know, having that I don't know appearance of Americana. So kind of kind of branched both worlds there in just a couple of lyrics. But yeah, it's a good song. I don't really have much much uh, feeling either way on it. I didn't I didn't discover it on MySpace. I probably heard it years after you, Jimmy, because I'm I'm not not as cool as you, but.
0: Huh. I try. What I like about the song is I like how it goes right into the song. There's no, like, intro to the song. And then I looked up Stupid on the Streets of London to see if it had some reference to something else. You know, I figure it could have been easily maybe referring to some New Order or Pet Shop Boys <laughs> <laughs> lyric, but interestingly it says, uh, Stupid on the Streets of London, James Dean is the Rain is talking about how the girl dried, died driving carelessly. So oh. I was like, oh, I guess, is that how James I think that's James how James Dean, Dean went died out, yeah. She was being stupid on the streets.
1: See, I just took it as somebody like getting drunk in London and walking down the streets and being just kind of stupid on the streets or, or inebriated or something like that. <laughs> I Yeah, that would make a lot more sense with the James Dean reference. Here I have this nice Americana meets London uh, <laughs> collaboration when it's just a girl being stupid and got... Yeah, you know.
0: she's got her halo and wings because she... Yeah, that
1: makes huh. sense. yeah.
0: When you dig into it, it makes a lot more sense. <laughs> Turns out, but so the last song I want to talk about is "Take Me to the Place Where the White Boys Dance." So this one was interesting when it came out because anytime you start talking about a specific race, you get worried about <laughs> what's where it's going and insinuations are being made. And uh, but for me, when I when I hear it, I just think about growing up in Nephi and school dances and awkward phases of growing up years and being too concerned about what other people think to enjoy, you know, to just be able to cut loose at a dance because I had no confidence in my dancing abilities. And I still don't. Yeah. I mean, it's like white men can't jump a movie that came out a long time before this, but uh, you know, I guess it's kind of a stereotype of, I think of the stereotype of, not being able to dance. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's definitely one of those uh strange titles where when you, you hear it you're like, Oh what's what's this gonna be and then you know, listen to the song and yeah, I don't know. Um I can definitely relate to <laughs> where the white boys dance, but we were none of us would dance, you know. It was you'd stand on the wall and talk with your friends and maybe muster up enough courage to go ask somebody to dance at some point. But
0: Yeah, the slow songs, but
1: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. The other thing that I kind of thought about, and I don't know if it's related at all. I think when we were talking with Ryan a little bit and just the killer's history, uh, they they play a lot of nightclubs down in Vegas. Um, a lot of them were you know, they go play uh, trans bars where you know drag queens and, and guys dressed up as, as girls would go and dance. So I don't know if it, I don't know if they were white. I don't know the race or, or anything like that, or if that has anything to do with it. But in a, in a way, in my head, I kind of thought back to the early beginnings there and they're going to uh play these shows where the people would gather together nightclubs and dance. I, I don't know the white boys part, but uh there's there's probably something somewhere between Nephi and somewhere between Nephi church dances and uh transgender bars in Las Vegas. There's probably the truth is in there somewhere, Jimmy.
0: <laughs> well I think the the popular interpretation of the lyrics of this song is that it's about a girl who gets cheated on by her boyfriend and is looking for, you know, some kind of a fling to get back at him or to as a kind of a revenge thing. And it's it's kind of a reverse of what we've talked about on all these other songs that are about a girl cheating on the singer, or not the singer, the protagonist of the song, which we don't, you know, might have some origins in an autobiographical type <laughs> thing for Brandon, like Mr. Brightside, but it seems to be a pretty, pretty common spring of inspiration to, to sing about breakups and... Love gone uh, wrong. Yeah, love gone wrong, so
1: Yeah. I mean, uh when's the last time that you were to a to a, a dance with uh with kids and all that kind of thing? With kids? We... Well, I mean like a youth dancer. I mean it's not like you're going to a dance now with, with your wife to like ballroom dances, so Oh, no. uh, I don't know. I, I don't know either. I'm just wondering if the the I'm wondering if the atmosphere has changed or if adolescent youth are still like us that we're just bundled up in a corner, um, shy and awkward and you know, trying to figure out how to dance.
0: Yeah. My eighth grade son went to his first school dance this year and it was really weird for me to think that he was old enough to do that. And remembering back when I was in eighth grade and the kind of dances we held at uh, the middle school, um, the middle school dances were, you know, they just threw us in the gym and started playing music and we would just go sit on the bleachers. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And then high school, high school came on, not much changed. We just, it wasn't in the, in the gym anymore. It was in the You know the step down lounge of the old high school. Those were some epic uh, (laughs) memories. And then in the cafeteria, that you know they would just clear away all the tables, and and we would go sit over by the lockers.
1: That is kind of weird. I kind of forgot that we had dances in the cafeteria. I I I'd told that story to more people if I remember that. (laughs) Yeah, I. I Those are my
0: memories of where the white boys did or did not dance.
1: Yeah, I think more of uh, like the church dances where they'd throw you in the the big church house in the basketball court and they just bring in somebody, they play music and...
0: Shout I, out to Jason Gibson. <laughs> the soundtrack
1: of our youth. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he just come and play, play the songs. He was making a paycheck and I mean, a few, I guess people would dance. I don't, I, I just remember, yeah, standing in, over in the corner with the guys and, and it was a good excuse to go out and hang out with your friends. But
0: Yeah, I remember some guys that were good enough, were confident enough to dance, but...
1: We never did. <laughs> I was say it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't that we didn't want to or didn't uh, have the desire to dance with the, with the young lady. We just uh, lacked the courage at the time.
0: Yeah, and I mean, like you said, we you would spend the three fast songs trying to decide which girl you wanted to ask for the next slow song, and there's just so many emotions of trying to get, trying to gather enough courage I'll to ask. Courage.
1: What if she says
0: no? Yeah,
1: then your whole ninth lot grade of... year would have been. Flashbacks to those kind of memories. Ninth grade you'd been like getting that dear John. you just been I don't I don't even like her anymore.
0: <laughs> oh young love. That's <laughs> kidding.
1: Yeah, that's uh that's all I got from, from that one. Again, congratulations to our to our compact disc winner. Uh <laughs> and our next our next
0: giveaway, we're gonna give away a MySpace download. <laughs>
1: Uh, yeah, but if you haven't, please uh, go follow us on, on the social media, Instagram or Facebook, uh, Lonely Town and Killers Podcast. Um, wherever you're listening to us now, please rate us if you can.
0: Yeah, I need to do a better job of, of posting on Instagram. It's been a long time, but like Derek was saying, I can see every once in a while I'll get a random follower from that's a Killers fan that has found us somehow. So um, the more you share and, and like, the more people can find us. It's, I've seen... I always hear Derek say that, but I've, I've seen it firsthand, so thank and you.
1: That's how it works. The, the algorithms like when people like us. So if you like the people that like us and want them to keep on liking us, then you should like us. That's another episode down, Jimmy, from Lonely Town.